0: I chose Tulane's Executive MBA program as a means to gain skills in business law, management, finance, and value creation. Almost immediately after graduation, I was promoted to a chief judge role. Now, I am Chief Judge Tamiya Gordon.
1: From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports.
2: It's business New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. If you drive around New Orleans, there are a number of things that can tick you off, aside from the potholes. One is getting stuck at a railroad crossing. You have your schedule all planned out, you're gonna get wherever you're going right on time, then suddenly there's a train a mile long going about two miles an hour. If you've ever sat in your car fuming, wondering who on God's green earth is responsible for putting train tracks on a busy street, well, let me introduce you to Maggie Clouse. Maggie is the Geographical Information Systems Manager at the Port of New Orleans. The New Orleans Public Belt Railroad was acquired by the Port of New Orleans in 2018. The railroad is one part of a giant transportation operation that is mostly hidden from view behind the flood wall, but reportedly generates 20% of all jobs in Louisiana. And that's just one of the staggering statistics we'll get to in the course of this conversation with Maggie Cluse. Maggie, welcome out to lunch.
1: Thanks for having me, Peter.
2: Another thing you notice when you drive around New Orleans, especially on the interstate, is the number of trucks. Because we're a port city, we attract trucks and truck drivers from all over the country. We also have our own local fleets of trucks that are part of a complex web of logistics that take them up and down the interstate and in and out of the port. Trucking Innovation NOLA is one of those truck fleets with 20 employees and over 40 owner-operators. The founder and senior manager of Trucking Innovation NOLA is Otis Tucker Jr. Otis, welcome to Out to Lunch. Hey, thanks,
3: Peter. Thanks for having me.
2: Maggie, I'll start with you. The, the Port of New Orleans is a huge part of the city's and the state's economy. The port does over $100 million in annual revenue, and it contributes $30 billion to the national economy. There is a huge amount to get to here, but let's start with your desk. What exactly does it mean to be the GIS manager for the Port of New Orleans? Are you managing people or ships or trains?
1: So right now I'm managing a lot of data. Um, we're a more than 100-year-old organization, so we've got a lot of maps, a lot of site plans, there's a lot of moving pieces that have to be mapped, and all of that stuff we're trying to make accessible in web maps so that people can get that information. So when it was they on paper for a... for a long time. Yes.
2: Well, and then uh, I laughed when I read that uh, in order to do this, this making it all digital, somebody had to like, physically walk the tracks, right?
1: Yeah, so with mapping all of the public belt's infrastructure, we had a guy go out with um, some very sophisticated GPS technology, like a giant stick that he walked this uh, receiver around on every mile of track that they have. So all the mainline, all the industrial track, all of the yards, we have all of that, every segment.
2: Why is the public belt railroad needed? Do other cities have this? um, You've got, what is it, six major railroads that come through here, but... You, you take care of the part right on the city. How does that work?
1: So for us, it's critical to really being able to be a competitive gateway um, because it is a public service, so they're able to offer competitive rates to all six of those connections. So nobody monopolizes the market, and we're able to service all of our, uh, all of our tenants and all of our operators um, pretty equally.
2: Now, Otis, to most of us, trucks are just giant hunks of metal that blow past us on the interstate. They're going somewhere, and they're hauling something, but that's about as much as we know. What we may not appreciate is that each one of these trucks is a part of an elaborate network of logistics. Today, a trucking company is on the one hand a blue-collar business, on the other hand it's a highly technical white-collar business that requires an enormous amount of organizational skill and project management. So Otis, which of these businesses is most of your day dedicated to? Are you principally managing trucks and drivers, or are you on the project management side, or are you mostly finding and managing clients?
3: Right, so a key part of my role as senior manager is managing clients, getting clients into our database. We have a good team of uh, other professionals who manage the drivers, the day-to-day activities at Trucking Innovation, So, uh, and scheduling miles, uh, on-time delivery, that's critical as well. Uh, The price of freight, all that goes up tremendously if you're not on time. So uh, my job is to make sure everything runs well. And you are uh, at least when you first started, you were a truck driver. I was for 14 years. I was a truck driver. Uh, you just one day woke up and said, "I want to run something." Or I, I, I love the industry, and I said to myself, "There's not enough." I was always hitting, hitting the ceiling because I was considered just a truck driver with no formal training of management. And so I say, "Well, I can do this on my own." So I, I bought a truck, saved all my money up, income tax, everything. And bought one truck and the first two years of business i just was a truck driver one organic growth so i'll buy another truck i thought that would take too long I, I the city has a lot of training program for people like me who may not have any formal training so capacity building uh, program management i took every train in the village like
2: incubators incubators like
3: all over the city uh i may be the most well decorated uh, uh manager uh, in terms of uh, free training in the city or in this region. <laughs> I took advantage of it, and it paid off. I was able to scale up from one truck to we have 12 company trucks. As you mentioned, 40 owner-operators that depend on us. These are small owner-operators who have their own business that uh, rely on us to uh, provide uh, provide business so they can put food on the table for them and their, fa- their families.
2: Now, I've got to ask you this. One of the things you hear particularly on Wall Street, did you should hear that we're short about 50,000 truck drivers? So, um, first of all, is that a hindrance to you?
3: That is a huge myth, especially in this region. Uh, there's a number of truck driving schools that are pumping out truck drivers as fast as we can hire them. Out of these the, driving schools? These are there? their driving schools. The issue is, are they qualified in terms of uh, the number of experience? Our insurance, we're heavily regulated, so insurance companies determine who we hire. Uh, if my brother went got in CDL, I'm the owner of the company, I couldn't get him in. He'll have to start somewhere else, maybe a, 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 a international company, a Swift Transportation who has uh, this captive markets of insurance where they control uh, the criteria to hiring drivers. But for me, he, somebody will have to have three years of experience for me to get him in. So there's no shortage of applicants. Uh, maybe we get five or six a day a, a day coming through our office, But uh, maybe one a week, that meets our minimum qualifications of of hiring. So that's the issue of qualified drivers. it's getting the right ones. Getting the the right uh, ones. That's it, yeah. Maggie, when I used to hear about the port, I don't know if this is as much an issue
2: now, is that we were a huge player in bulk uh, carriers, but we were not as big in containers compared to some of the other ports. Is that changing?
1: So containers and brake bulk actually are two of our biggest uh, types of cargo at this point. Um, We've had double-digit growth in container volumes for the last two years, so we're excited about containers.
2: And uh, do we have, uh, you think about our competition, I guess would be Houston and a few other spots, do we have certain advantages and disadvantages going against those folks?
1: Well, um, it really, I think, depends on the infrastructure that you have in place. So we are investing $100 million in some new container cranes that are going to be able to handle those larger ships, um, those post-Panamax ships. Um, and all the infrastructure that goes into supporting giant cranes being right on the riverside. So um, we have an advantage in that we have the infrastructure already in place. We're making investments. We're connected to the biggest um, inland waterway system, really, in the country.
2: Some people say we're the biggest port in the world. Is that Right, or is it the so way the you define Lower it?
1: Mississippi River system is the largest river system in the world. So we are definitely right in the thick of that, um, and that certainly works to our advantage.
2: Now, Otis, there's all these qualifications to be managing like at your level, and then there's a bunch of very sophisticated software. Correct. So uh, now how did you get your arms around that, going
3: from a truck driver to... Uh... Hiring the right people. <laughs> I have <laughs> no clue what's going on at some at of these desks. But uh, but yeah, there are a lot of sophisticated software and managing your workload, uh, on time delivery, pickup time. Uh, there's so many algorithms in, in logistics and in, uh, in managing uh, a transportation fleet, and uh, just hiring the right people, bringing on the experts to do the job.
2: And you're a, you're originally a guy from the ninth ward, right? I
3: am. It's I am uh, <laughs> lower ninth ward residents. Uh, came back, and that's so. cool. Great. absolutely came back after katrina and uh and i love this city i love this city before all of the investments and i love it even more now
2: what about i'm gonna ask both of you this but what about the tariffs the trade wars how does it affect you Otis, i mean how does it affect
3: you days after the administration the federal administration mentioned tariffs we started getting bills um tires specifically uh our tires we buy thousands of dollars a month in tires and uh 4050 bucks per tire uh, instantly days after the administration mentioned tariffs yeah so it affects us it affects us
2: And then Maggie on your side I mean when that first came out or I would think we're just such great movers of things I would think it would have quite an effect
1: yeah our steel numbers are definitely down. Um, we do have upticks in brake bulk and stuff related to project cargo related to the wind industry. Um, And there's petrochemical expansion projects happening upriver from us in the industrial corridor between here and Baton Rouge, and so there's Project Cargo for that. We have other things coming in that are offsetting this deal, but we definitely are feeling that a little bit.
2: Maggie, the ownership of the Public Belt Railway um, changed a couple of years ago. How did that all work?
1: So uh, the city traded us the public belt, when effectively. The baseball player, just um, kind of traded them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For um, some of our downtown wharves that they are going to build, I believe, an extension of the Crescent Park that's already down there. So after our leases run out with those operators, uh, they'll be transitioning that to a public uh, maritime and pu- took, maritime recreational space. And you took
2: ownership and control of the...
1: Yes, so they are now our uh, wholly owned legal subsidiary. We actually do um, a surprising amount of rail car storage, so when trains come in, um, if they don't need to be somewhere immediately or if they need to be broken apart to move different things different places, um, they hang out with the public belt uh, for any number of days. Um, I think they do long-term storage too. But I'm not sure exactly how long. It so lasts. your business
2: is wider than we thought, and Otis, yours is too, and maybe will get wider. You, for instance, in, you work in
3: aggregate. Do you just buy the old cement, or do you break it all up, or? No, we have suppliers and vendors and all that we use to purchase for construction activity, and that's what why, what we will contribute our growth to is the infrastructure and investment program of uh, just over two billion dollars in the city of New Orleans. So uh, that's where a lot of our growth coming in. Uh, that allows us to, uh, to have larger profits than traditional freight, which is the, uh, the cost of doing business are, is rising and freight is, is dropping the cost. Too. It's, uh, o- it's overcapacity market with trucks and all, so that drives the cost down. Uh, but for us in, in this region, the investment in infrastructure is huge and allows us to, to uh, grow our company. Are
2: there some big boys in the business you're competing against?
3: There are a lot of big boys I'm competing in. And I would contribute a more progressive government that we have a seat at the table because of small business goals, women-owned goals, and uh, minority-owned goals. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Rusciutti. I'm talking with Otis Tucker
2: Jr., founder and senior manager of Trucking Innovation NOLA, and Maggie Clouse, GIS manager at the Port of New Orleans. We'll be right back after this very brief break. You're listening to out to lunch, i'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with maggie kloos g i s manager for the Port of New Orleans, and otis Tucker jr. founder and senior manager of trucking innovation Nola otis you're the real deal by the way you are uh that first office you had was what it was your great grandfather's house you inherited and and um and he was a a big man in the yeah. ninth is yeah.
3: My great grandfather, Oliver Bush, he uh, along with AP Turo and Pete Sanchez, they fought to integrate the schools in New Orleans, so so my great uncles uh, were the first kids to walk through the schools doing segregation, and and uh, there's a park named after them, and uh, he had a, a gas station, a full-service gas station, and I never got to see any of that, uh, Most like most family or generational businesses, once he passed, it wasn't long before it filled. So uh, I didn't know much of the story until I got into business. You must business. have the right genes, right? Yeah, that, to yeah start a, a lot business of my again. family told me the uh, story. I was like, wow, I, I didn't know that. You know, I was in touch with my entrepreneur heritage or whatever. You know? <laughs> and Maggie, uh, as much as I'm a MAP fan, I, don't, I
2: still don't get quite what your day looks like.
1: So I'm actually not making maps for most of my day. Um, We have a web GIS. That's how we're providing all of our information to different um, port departments. So I make sure that all of the web layers, all of the maps, all of the apps that people use are functioning as they're supposed to.
2: Otis, the one thing that that grabbed me when I was uh, reading more and more about your situation was you felt like you hit a glass ceiling with some of these other uh, jobs. That had to be... Combination of really frustrating and you know, get your gears going about not working for anyone else. Is that correct?
3: I would have loved to, knowing what I know now, how much it took to grow a business, I would have loved to have had an opportunity to add value to an existing organization and be a number one or number two without having the headaches and the long nights as an entrepreneur, right? It the buck ends and stops with you, like payroll ends and stops with you, you know, and uh, so but uh, I guess the story of. Most entrepreneurs and Americans, uh, out of frustrations, breeds uh, innovation and and opportunities. So, I saw it as an opportunity, and uh, I'm glad I I made the choice. And what surprised you most when you were now in charge of something? I think I'm way in over my head with 20 (laughs) employees. I'm like... Dude, do you really know what you're doing? <laughs> so I'm always looking for more professional development classes to. You to kept take these on. thoughts to yourself, right, there? Yeah, uh, they ask... and, and a senior manage management title rather than president or CEO is a way to keep myself grounded. You know, like stay in the trenches and, and you'll you'll get it done. You know, so.
2: And some people love managing people, and some people it's the bane of their existence. Where do you fit in?
3: Somewhere in the middle. Okay. Uh, yeah, somewhere in the middle. Uh, office employees and some of my drivers are, are the heart of my day. And then some of the guys are like, dude, just, just go to work, you know. And uh, so, But uh, it works, and uh, it takes a team to, to grow a business. And um, everybody at our company is the reason why we're doing well.
2: You're such a good story. Are there other entrepreneurs like yourself that are uh, around but maybe haven't quite got the opportunity?
3: There are other inner city uh individuals like myself that are qualified to to start and grow business and may not have the resume may not look good on paper but but do have entrepreneurial spirit to get the job done and um and it shows in new orleans is the hub for startups in america so i mean uh and, and and to get the message out that uh everyone should everyone who thinks they can should at least try Maggie, since you basically uh, started this position, uh, what is the future for
2: GIS and the public belt and the port?
1: Well, I mean, Otis said at first, there's so much innovation in this field in transportation and in logistics. Um, the sky is really the limit in terms of what we could be doing with GIS for both organizations. I would love to move into real-time data so that we are tracking where those trains are at any given time. because. The dispatchers know, and different key people in charge of the locomotives know, but to be able to see all that stuff on a map, where the locomotive is, how many train or how many cars are attached to it, where it's potentially going to cause congestion, especially like in the intermodal terminal for the truck drivers, all of that stuff, all those moving pieces are things I wish that we could be capturing, and I hope that we are in the future.
3: If I can add, I think that would be vital in driving the cost down from transportation to shelf life. Uh, for customers, so for the end user, I think if real-time uh, data was, was incorporated or innovated in your system, that yeah. um, that, would, that would have a huge impact, a positive impact on, on our region.
1: And there are other bigger ports that do that, and there is probably at other bigger ports, but giant fleets and fleet managers who use that kind of real-time stuff, who are tracking dwell time of trucks in the terminals and all of the pieces that go into understanding why a truck is sitting. Um, or what the dwell time, what is impacting that. I'd love to be capturing that stuff. Dwell time? Uh, Yes. It's a cool um, term. What does it mean? (laughs) So I think originally it applies to how long a container spends um, moving through the terminals. I use it to refer to all the trucks, too, um, because there are so many moving... I'm considering it to be from the point it enters our facilities basically, passes through our security gate. How long does it take us to get it through every place that it needs to go in the terminal and back out? You know, That's what I think of.
2: In a couple of years I will tell people that you two at this table (laughs) solve the real-time logistics problems for the import and that the show deserves the credit. We'll we'll do that. (laughs) Maggie, next time we drive down Chapatula Street alongside the flood wall that separates us from the port or get stuck at a crossing somewhere waiting for a train, we'll have a better understanding of the economy we're all a part of. And Otis, Next time a truck blows by us on the interstate, we'll have a better understanding of the complex transportation web that the truck and the driver are part of. This has been a very informative and fun conversation. Thank you both, Maggie and Otis, for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Peter. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Maggie Kluse, GIS Manager for the Port of New Orleans, and Otis Tucker founder and senior manager of Trucking Innovation NOLA. You can find out more about Maggie and the Port of New Orleans and Otis and Trucking Innovation NOLA by following the links on our website, itsneworleans.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Murrell. And our researcher is Maggie Mendel. You can listen to this show and the past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts, including Spotify. And you can find all of our podcasts at itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com on it's new orleans out to lunch facebook page and on instagram at nola out to lunch these photos were taken today by jill lafleur you can find more of jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com out to lunch is a production of ino broadcasting for itsNewOrleans.com and wwno 89.9 fm i'm peter Raschuti. thanks for joining me i look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at commander's palace for more business New Orleans style on Out to Lunch.
0: Out to Lunch is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday to Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music, and dinner seven nights a week. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. Legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And by Basics Swim and Gym and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie. The It's New Orleans Happy Hour Podcast. And by Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world.